Welcome to 7-Minute Torah. I'm Rabbi Micah Streifer. In this podcast, we explore the weekly Torah portion in about 7 to 10 minutes. We make modern meaning out of ancient texts, exploring them through liberal Jewish eyes. Sometimes it's just me, and other weeks I'm in conversation with another rabbi or a Jewish thought leader. All right, welcome everyone. Thanks for listening in. Before I get started, I want to say a big thanks to our newest supporters of the podcast, Linda and Mark Posner. Thank you, thank you, thank you to you and all those who are supporting 7-Minute Torah on a weekly basis, helping make it possible. Now, we're in a moment of transition this week in Jewish life in two different ways. First of all, this week we start a new book of the Torah, the book of Devarim, which will begin with the parsha called Devarim. And second of all, we also start a new month, the month of Av. I'm going to talk about both of those today because they really do come together to teach us something important about Jewish life. First of all, the Parsha. This week's Parsha is Dvarim. It constitutes the first three chapters of the Book of Dvarim, or the Book of Deuteronomy. In English, or Greek as it is, the word Deuteronomy means second telling. For those who are French speakers, which I'm not, it's related to the French word for two, which is de. So the Deuteronomy is the second telling of the Torah, and it's called that because in this book, Moses goes back over or retells a fair amount of what the Israelites have been up to for the last 40 years. In Hebrew, it's called Dvarim, which means words, because it starts with these words, Ele hadvarim asher diber Moshe el kol Yisrael be'eber hayarden. These are the words that Moses spoke to all Israel on the other side of the Jordan. So setting the scene here, we've arrived at the very shores of the Jordan River. The people of Israel have been wandering for 40 years. They're ready to cross over into the promised land. And Moses, who has led them for the last 40 years, knows that he's not going with them. If you remember our earlier discussions, it's either because he was punished for various actions or because his time has come to an end and the next generation needs to be the one to enter the land. Either way, this is Moses's final set of words. This is, in some sense, his last will and testament. And that's why the book is called Devarim, because the entire book of Deuteronomy is made up of the words that Moses speaks to the Israelites. So what does he do with all these words? Well, he'll go back over a number of laws, reiterate, explain. He will include important words like the Shema and the Ten Commandments. These sit at the very core of our religious way of life. They come from this book. Toward the end of the book of Deuteronomy, Moses will invite the people to enter or re-enter into covenant with God, accepting the terms of Torah, entering into Jewish life. But the way the book starts is a little different from all that. And that's what I wanted to talk about today. Here at the beginning of Devarim, both the Parsha and the book, Moses begins by retelling a number of the places that we have been and the things that we've done. He says, God spoke to us at Horeb, which is another word for Sinai, and told us to get going into the desert toward the promised land. 
I'm paraphrasing here a bit. So we set out from Horeb and we traveled through the great and terrible wilderness that you saw. Moses recounts the people that we've seen along the way. He tells about some of the places that we've been. And then he retells the story of the spies, which was from Parshat Shlach Lecha about, what, a month and a half ago, which was, of course, the reason that the Israelites had to wander in the desert for 40 years. And he goes on to tell them, essentially, that this is why you did not enter the Promised Land at that time. So the opening chapter of Deuteronomy ends up being a little bit of an indictment, or at least a recounting of past indictment, a recounting of past wrongs. And while it's possible to read this as quite negative, as a record of failures, as criticism of the people's past, I think there's a different reason for it. I think the purpose is to tell the Israelites, here's what you did, here's where we are, here's how your past actions brought you to be where we are right now. In other words, Moses recounts our past, including our failings, in order to remind us of the responsibility that we have for what happens to us and to encourage us to learn from that going forward. And that is an excellent tie-in to the Jewish month that we begin this week, which is the month of Av. Av is a month of mourning. On the 9th of Av, or Tisha B'Av, which is this coming Saturday, we mark the anniversary of the destruction of the temple in the year 70 CE by the Romans, which is also the anniversary of the end of Jewish sovereignty in the land of Israel, the end of or destruction of any kind of sovereign Jewish entity over the land of Israel or the city of Jerusalem until, of course, the 20th century. I won't get too deeply into the history here, but the destruction of Jerusalem was a response to the Jewish revolt against Rome, which began in the year 67. The Romans came in, crushed the revolt, destroyed the temple, dismantled the political entity known as Judea, and barred or exiled Jews from Jerusalem. And thus began the second exile, which in Jewish understanding has lasted up until now, or at least until the establishment of the state of Israel 70-something years ago. So the 9th of Av, which falls this Saturday, is both an incredibly significant and incredibly tragic date on the Jewish calendar because of the sheer destruction and loss of life that occurred, and because of the loss of these important religious and political institutions. And if you were telling the story of how this all came about... There are a lot of ways you could frame it. You could talk about the brutality of the Roman regime. You could talk about the heroic Jewish rebellion against Rome and how it was crushed by the tyrant. But that's not the story that the rabbis choose to tell. In the Talmud, which was written hundreds of years after the temple was destroyed, the rabbis speak about their collective memory of what brought about its destruction. This is Tractate Yoma, page 9b. It says, Mikdash Sheni, Mipne Macharav. For what reason was the second temple destroyed? Mipne Shaitabo Sinat Chinam. Because there was baseless hatred, wanton hatred, free flowing hatred happening within it. 
The Hebrew there, sinat chinam. Sinam means hatred, and chinam means free. And so it's often translated as gratuitous, or wanton, or free, or baseless hatred. The story that the rabbis tell is not that we were victimized by the evil Romans. I mean, they tell that story too. But the story they tell here is that we brought about our own fate. And elsewhere in the Talmud, in a story that I simply don't have time to tell in seven to ten minutes, they go into more detail about what that Sinat Chinam looked like. That there was infighting between different groups of Jews who held different opinions about religious and political matters. That there were groups informing on each other, trying to bring each other down, valuing their own rightness over the well-being of the entire people. That a certain group even burned the stores of wheat within the city while it was being besieged, so that the city of Jerusalem lost its ability to hold out a siege because of the actions of a group of Jewish zealots. So the rabbis are very clear that they place the blame for the destruction of Jerusalem not on the Romans, but on us, on the ways we treated each other, on the ways we couldn't figure out how to get along. And every year on Tisha B'Av, the anniversary of that date, we're traditionally supposed to lament Jerusalem, and we're supposed to think about how its destruction was brought about by our own actions, by the way we treated each other, by our own intolerance for one another. In other words, the rabbis of the Talmud do exactly the same thing that Moses does in this week's Parsha. They remind us of our past faults so that we can hopefully learn something from them and do things differently going forward. So here we are in the year 2022, 5782, the 1952nd anniversary of the destruction of the temple. In years where Tisha B'Av falls on Shabbat, like this year, we push off our mourning and fasting until Sunday. But nonetheless, we're traditionally supposed to use that day as an opportunity to think about the ways that Sinat Chinam, that causeless hatred, led to the destruction of the temple. And we're living in a world where there's plenty of sinat chinam to go around, both between Jews. We have Orthodox and liberal Jews fighting it out over the Western Wall. We have plenty of name-calling, plenty of denying each other's legitimacy as members of the Jewish people. And also in our political culture, no matter where you live, whether in Israel or in North America, we've gotten in the habit of demonizing those who think very differently than we do. There seems to be a gulf between us and them, between those who believe like I do and those who think something different, something else, something evil. We human beings all have biases. We all have intolerances for some things that are different from us. I think it's just part of being human. You can't bypass it. So the lesson of Tishabav, I think, is to recognize those biases, to recognize the moments, the times, the situations where we are intolerant of those who are different from others, and remind ourselves that Sinat Chinam has the potential to bring down everything you hold most dear, and that we're better off being curious about each other, trying to learn from each other, trying to listen, even to those who think very differently than we do. I'm not saying that's easy to do, I'm just saying it's better than demonizing those who are different, and that it takes work. 
So on this Shabbat, as we stand on the shores of the Promised Land, looking over into our people's future, the Torah reminds us to look backwards, to think about the ways that we've sabotaged ourselves in the past, both as a people and as individuals, to think about, to admit to our own biases and intolerances, and to commit ourselves not to be perfect, but to learn from them, to move toward, to work toward, being our best selves. Thanks for listening, everyone. Have a meaningful Tisha B'Av in whatever way you observe it, and I'll see you next week. Thanks for listening to 7-Minute Torah. If you enjoy this program, please leave a review on your podcast app, and please consider becoming a sponsor at patreon.com slash 7-Minute Torah. You can also join us in our Facebook group, 7-Minute Torah Listen and Discuss.